Welcome to another edition of Maverick University. I'm your host, David Holberg. Joining me today is Pastor John Che. Pastor Che is the pastor of Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas. And it's my pleasure to have you with us. And um, we recorded a few other topics. Uh, We talked about basically your personal testimony and and Christian influences on the life of a young man Mm -hmm. growing up in church. And we also talked about youth ministry, Mm -hmm. uh, lessons that you've learned going from a teenager in a youth group to a youth pastor and then from youth pastor to pastor now. But what we're going to do now is we're going to take a closer look at that transition from youth pastor to pastor because no doubt there are um, church members Mm -hmm. who are going to be going through some transitions if not now, in the future, going yeah. from one pastor to another. Yeah. And many times that new pastor is a staff member of sure. the church. of course. Yeah. And it just seems to you know, happen that way. Uh, in some cases, you know, this might be helpful to that youth pastor who is then feeling the call of God of, you know, to pastor mm-hmm. uh, another church or maybe even that church. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of gave us a little bit of background um, from my understanding and my knowledge all the way up here in Elgin is I knew you were down in Texas mm-hmm. in some church. You know, I couldn't remember what town it was. You know, it's, it's Texas. I don't know. Yeah. My my time in Texas has been limited to the terminal of the Dallas-Fort Worth airport. You okay. know, so know nothing about Texas, uh, yeah. although uh, I did enjoy the airport. Um, so I knew you were down there and you were an assistant pastor for some years. And then one day it's like, oh, John's a pastor. I'm like, oh, what? Really? Okay. Yeah. And I never really... That's pretty much exactly how it happened with me, too. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly the, the nameplate on the desk changed you yeah. know, from assistant yeah. to pastor. But um, how did you always have a dream of pastoring a church one day? Was no. This... No? Okay. <laughs> no. So we need to talk about this transition. How did it go from... You know, from you being an assistant pastor at this church to actually pastoring this church. And then obviously we'll talk about lessons and new perspective now as a pastor, new roles. Yeah. So, no, never had a desire to be a pastor, never felt the call to be a pastor. I went to Providence for a missions degree. Mm-hmm. So I guess you could say that's a pastor on a foreign field. But um, no, never never thought of, of being in the States and, and pastoring a group of people. I'm good with teenagers. Um, if you could say that I'm good with teenagers, that's just, that's my comfort zone. Sure. Probably because I'm still a teenager at heart. Amen. Um, and you, you remember I got to help with the youth conferences and, and I Absolutely. love that. That was my favorite week of the year. Um, so that's just what I wanted to do. And I was completely fine with doing that. Never had an itch to be at the top of the totem pole and make the decisions. I can barely make decisions for myself. How am I going to make decisions for a group of people? So, it was January of 2019 where I just started feeling this unrest in my spirit. And the youth group was doing very well, growing, vibrant, um, really becoming like an integral part of the church. Mm -hmm. The teenagers were there greeting all of the all of the uh, guests and visitors that came in and people were saying, you know, your teenagers are incredible and uh, starting a teen choir, getting bus teenagers to transition into the private school. I mean, things were just going well. And yet, I remember it was one day we had an incredible activity with all of the parents. It was like a five-hour activity where it was only supposed to be about two hours. Wow. And we played glow-in-the-dark kickball out front uh, of the church. And we all had, uh, like, glow bracelets and necklaces, different colors for the different team. It was just so much fun. And I went home 
I dropped off all the teenagers thinking like that was an incredible day. And yet I had no joy, no joy in my heart. Um, it was just the Lord saying, I'm glad that you had fun, but there's something more. And I had no idea what it was. And it's not like I was thinking at that point, oh, it's, he wants me to pastor because I just never saw myself in that way. Sure. Now I told him, Lord, if you want me to pastor, I don't see why you would want me to pastor, but I'll, I'll do anything you want. Do you want me to go to Argentina where I thought the Lord was leading me? That's why I went to Providence for a missions degree. Mm -hmm. Do you want me to go there? Where, what is going on? Why am I not feeling any peace anymore? So I counseled with the pastor and told him I'm, I'm feeling this unrest. And he told me to pray about it and to fast about it uh, for a month. And uh, so we did, and so that led us up to about March of 2019. And it was in that conversation where he opened up to me and said, look, I feel like the Lord is leading me somewhere else as well, which was news to me. Sure. Um, and he said, if you were going to pray, he asked, do you, do you feel that the Lord would have you pastor somewhere? And he said, I, I can see you pastoring. Um, do you feel that the Lord would have you pastor? And I said, I, I will do anything that the Lord would have me to do. But I don't know if that's what it is. And he said, well, would you pray about pastoring here? I said, yeah, sure. You know, I'll pray about pastoring here. I didn't even told my wife at this point. Um, yeah. This was just all kind of in my mind. But it was May of that year where the Lord solidified, yes, I want you to be a pastor. He still hadn't solidified where, but he did solidify in my mind um, that, he, yes, I, I, I want you to be a pastor. So I went back and I told my pastor, and he said, I still want you to pray about here. Uh, and then two months later, in August, three months later in August, I was the pastor of the church. Wow. So it did happen very, very quickly. Um, and I mean, I, I didn't see it coming, but it was obviously God's will. And again, if you've watched the previous podcast, I've got a hard head. So I prayed, I said, Lord, make it painfully obvious. Don't just show me your will, show me all the places that are not your will. Make it obvious that if I do not do this one option, I will be out of your will. And he made it very, very clear. I had a lot of fear, a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. I still do, um, <laughs> but there was peace. Yeah. There was peace about it. And the transition happened, happened very well with the church. It was a unanimous vote. Um, I mean, looking back at it, it was still a very, uh, a very crazy time. Yeah. Uh, but you could tell the Lord's hand was upon it. Well, yeah. I mean, you consider about this one year of pastoring. Uh, you pastored right into a global pandemic. Yeah, and craziness. So mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. it's been an interesting uh, transition for you. More interesting than most, I imagine. <laughs> so, but let's talk about that transition. Um, is it challenging for someone who is a youth pastor at a church to then take the reins as the pastor of that same church? I mean, the Bible talks about there's um, a prophet that was without honor in his own country. And I guess that could apply a little bit because mm -hmm. you were the youth pastor of these teenagers. Now you're their pastor. Yes. And, you know, can what kind of challenges kind of come with that? In, I, I can just talk about my experience. Sure. I'm sure there are some churches that would look at a youth pastor and think, how is that going to happen? Be, because as a youth pastor, your role is very different 
from a pastor. Mm -hmm. Think about it. If if you're a youth pastor, who's who's the moron in the VBS skit? Oh yeah, absolutely. That's a youth pastor. No one takes you seriously. Correct. Basically, who's the one who is going to be dressing up in all the costumes for the bus kids? Who's the one that's getting the pie in the face? Who's the one that's shaving his head if the kids get a certain amount of kids on the bus route? Mm -hmm. It's the youth pastor, and and it should be. You should be able to lose yourself. Uh, you should be able to. Um, you don't become a teenager, but you relate to the teenager, mm -hmm. and you show them, hey, it's possible to have fun without going out and doing dumb things, right? And that's how I approached my ministry there. Mm -hmm. I was very much the youth pastor. Um, I was the, the moron in the BBS <laughs> skits, you know, and the people saw me do all those things. Sure. Uh, so I'm sure there would be, and may, I, I never heard about it, but I'm sure there were people who were wondering, am I going to be able to see that person as my pastor when I've seen him as a youth pastor? Yeah. But at, at Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus, um, I never had a problem with that. I never had somebody despise my youth. I never had somebody say, well, you know, I, I think that you're a youth pastor and I'll never see you as a pastor. More so, that was my mental image. How are they going to see me sure. make this transition? And that is something that I still struggle with. Uh, knowing that there are people in my church who have articles of clothing in their closet that are older than me, or they've been <laughs> saved for longer than I've been alive. How are they going to see me as a pastor? Wow, but they yeah. do. They do. They see me as a pastor. I could go up to them and have a serious conversation with them about their soul, and they'll listen. Mm -hmm. um, and it's it's not because of my age, and it's not because of anything I know. It's because I you you need to know this book, and as long as you have this book behind you, then you then you'll be fine. Yeah, I think that's a mark of a mature Christian where you can submit yourself to pastoral authority regardless mm -hmm. of their age. And let's just face the fact, they did vote you in as their pastor. Correct. So if they're going to do that, then they need to submit to that pastoral yeah, authority. Yeah, so that was the biggest thing with me. Sure. The church there always had a great respect for that office of the pastor. Mm -hmm. um, for the previous pastor, they had great respect for him. Um, he would call a men's meeting and say, this is what I think we need to do. This is God's will. No questions. The men would, if that's God's will, go for it. Um, so I knew when the pastor said, look, the Lord is leading me away and I am praying that you would take over. I want you to take over as pastor here. I, I asked him, the only stipulation was, look, when you meet with the men, don't bring up my name. I want them to bring up my name. I want to know if they see me in that way. I want to know if mm. they wish for me to be the pastor. Yeah. Because I, I know if he would have gotten up there and said, the Lord is leading me away and I want Brother Che to take over, mm. the men would have said, okay, fine. You yeah, know? an assistant pastor doesn't need to throw his hat in, his, in the ring because technically your hat is already in the ring. You're there. Yeah, you know, sure. Why self-promote yourself? Correct. But it, it was my insecurity. It was my questions. I didn't want it. I didn't want something to happen in the future where the church could then look back at me and say, well, we never wanted you anyway. The pastor just said to put you in, so we put you in. Yeah. I wanted it to come from the men. Yeah. And it did. And when it did, and I was in the meeting... And they're talking about me in the meeting like I wasn't in the meeting. I, I just I just had my head down the whole time. But they were, you know, we, we see him as taking over this role. He's wise beyond his years, which I don't know where they were looking. But um, and just very kind things. And they said, we want to present we want to present him as as the candidate. 
Um, so that was a big thing for me. I wanted it to come from the church. Uh, and they did end up voting me in uh, unanimously. Um, funny story about that. <laughs> I was in another room when they had done the vote. And the assistant, um, well, my assistant pastor now, he wasn't the assistant pastor then. Sure. He's kind of like the uh, one of the main men of the church came in. He's like, so do you want to know the results of the vote? Well, yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, no, don't tell me. <laughs> you know? And he, he said, it's a 98% yes. And he said, two people have abstained from voting. And I was like, and my heart just sunk, yeah. right? And I was like, well, you know, I wasn't expecting a unanimous vote and everything. Yeah. And I was, but I was like, but who are those two people? You know, it could be a couple, it could be people with teenagers and, mm. And then he didn't realize until afterward, oh, wait, the two people who had it same from voting were you and your wife. It's like, so it is. <laughs> like, I forgot. I took, I took account at the beginning, and I was like, oh, my goodness. That's funny. Uh, so it was a unanimous vote. Um, hardest transition, though, wasn't necessarily the people wondering, can I transition from youth pastor to pastor? It was just, how do I, how do I get the people's focus off the transition and get the church moving forward. Sure, yeah. Um, now, I didn't want him, it's not like the pastor left and said, all right, he's gone, forget about it, let's go. Yeah. I wanted to gauge the church and figure out where they were and where their heart was. Mm -hmm. And it was it was difficult. They, they loved the man, and they still do. Um, so taking that transition and handling it in the right way and what I focused on and what I would encourage every um, youth pastor or assistant pastor taking over to focus on because uh, no matter how good the transition goes the church is going to be going through a difficult time mm -hmm. get them focused on souls there is nothing more encouraging to a church there's nothing more encouraging to a christian than seeing souls saved because yeah. that's what we're supposed to do mm -hmm. so i started preaching through the book of acts a series on forward with the gospel and that became our theme for 2020 and I mean, you could just tell the spirit of the people were like, yeah, let's go. Let's go forward and let's find souls. And the Lord blessed. We saw over 50 souls saved this last year. Amen. Um, I, I think uh, 12 or 13 baptized. Um, almost three dozen people joined the church. Wow. Uh, it's been incredible. And, and that's even through 2020. Uh, it's been absolutely incredible. Set goals for your people. Mm -hmm. um, you know, let's pray about hitting this goal of attendance and, and things. And hey, if we don't hit the goal, it's not that big of a deal. But you know, let's just let's work for it yeah. and let's have a vision. Um, and it really helped uh, through the transition. Well, obviously, it's a different role, like you talked about, um, and that transition is tough. It also offers a different perspective of the ministry. Where there's some things that. You know, you never had to worry about before, and now suddenly you're caring for these responsibilities. Mm -hmm. And you know, what lessons have you learned about these responsibilities that you didn't know before? You see people differently. You see the pulpit differently. Mm -hmm. um, for me, the pulpit, I approached very differently. As a youth pastor, maybe you get to preach once a month, and mm -hmm. so you have all these seed thoughts in your mind, and you get up there and you try to preach like ten messages in one. And yeah. <laughs> your messages are very broad. Yes. yes. Yeah. Because you just, you're just ready to preach. You yeah. haven't scratched that itch in a while, but then you get to the point of, Hey, you need to feed God's people. So then you see people differently. You see every single person that walks in as 
a soul, as a prospective member, as somebody who may come up to you and say, I want you to be my pastor. I want you to watch for my soul. That's another person that you are going to be accountable to, to the Lord one day. Mm -hmm. That's huge. Something that I never even thought about as a youth pastor. I knew I was going to give account for my teenagers, but just when, when you know one day you're going to stand before the Lord and you're going to give an account for yourself, but then I think he's going to be, he's going to say, okay, now let's talk about your church members and what they did sure. and, and how you fed them. That that was about the most humbling thing and still is today. When, when a grown man will come up to me with a, with a family who they could, they, could be my, they could be my father because of their age, mm -hmm. and they say, we want to join this church, that is him telling me, I want you to watch for my soul. I want you to tell me when I'm going the wrong direction. I want you to teach me God's word. That, that makes you feel smaller than you can ever mm. imagine that you can feel. And it's such a weight, and it's, it's, but it's an incredible, it's such an incredible calling and an incredible opportunity uh, to watch over people. But going from youth pastor to pastor, immediately you see people differently, or at least you should see sure. people differently, and you see the pulpit differently. You have to love people, and you have to hate sin. Uh, and that is what Brother Smith, uh, Brother Bob Smith in Texas, that's what Preacher Gomez has taught me. Um, you know, love your people. And then also a huge transition for me is as a youth pastor, you're not counseling people. You know, yeah. just go talk to the pastor. Um, but it's easy to preach. It's easy. Mm -hmm. That's one of the easiest parts about the ministry. And what do you, you preach? Three messages, four messages a, a week. 40, 45 minutes. You're preaching maybe three and a half hours, four hours a week. What are you doing the rest of the time? You're leading people. Mm -hmm. and you have to learn how to lead people. And they need to see that what you preach in the pulpit is going to stem out into your personal life and also into your personal conversations with them uh, to lead them and guide them in the right way. And when they see that, they respond to it and they appreciate it. That's really awesome. Well, if there's anything else you want to put insert here, Brother Che, we're almost out of time. Um, any hard lessons that you've learned mm -hmm. uh, in pastoring or things like that? Yes, having those difficult conversations. Yeah. Thinking that, oh, I'm just going to get up there and I'm going to preach on this topic and people are going to listen and they're going to get right and they're just going to... No, it needs to, it needs to come down into that. People see, should see your care from the pulpit, and I believe that they do, especially if you, if you approach your study in the right way. Um, but then there's no better way to show love to your people than by loving them enough to say, hey, I'm noticing something and I want to talk to you about it. And I want to make sure that you avoid this or that you do so it's, this. It's not just preaching something from a pulpit. It's getting down from the pulpit in a private conversation and initiating that private conversation. If need be. Yeah. If need be. Um, because if you're not careful... Um, you're, you shy away from those conversations, mm -hmm. and it can be detrimental. I had, I've had to learn that um, very much so. Um, but having those conversations and showing your care and approaching it in the right way, mm -hmm. saying, look, this is just something I've seen, something that I'm praying about, and I want you to be very careful because I care about you and I love you and I want you to do what's right. Mm -hmm. um, and the devil <laughs> wants to sift you as wheat. People, they, they appreciate that. They really do. Um, but that is a big thing, having never seen myself as a pastor to now being a pastor, realizing that a pastor is different from a preacher. 
you can easily get up there and preach, mm. but you need That's to good. pastor people. Uh, and it takes wisdom and it takes a lot of grace that you just do not have. Maybe other people have it, I don't have it. Mm -hmm. uh, so every morning, Lord, give me grace to love people and hate sin and give me wisdom that I just don't have. Um, it's very much needed. Well, thank you so much for your time and joining us. And I'm sure that was helpful to a lot of those assistant pastors going through that transition, helpful to church folks who are in that transition as well. And maybe even pastors who are uh, considering uh, making that transition and bringing up somebody else to take their spot in that mm -hmm. church. So thanks so much for joining us. Thank if you'd you. like to uh, check out any of our other conversations with Pastor Che, you can check out our YouTube channel and also our podcast platforms. And we thank you so much for joining us.